Um, my name is Jeremy Powell, and I'm not a pastor here at Seven Mile Road. <laughs> um, but I'm glad to be here. Um, Jay asked me to preach today. Um, I, I just want to, um, I guess first, could you, if you could just open to Luke 24, and um, keep that open, keep your finger in there, and we'll be going back to that. Um, but Luke 24, 32, um, speaks about uh, when these men, when their hearts were burning, um, as Christ opened the scripture to them, and then um, how God, or how Christ awakened them, how he opened their eyes to see that it was Christ. Um, that's the, that we're on mile six today, that's, a, that's what we're going to be covering, um, the point at which these men were awakened to the, the truth of who Christ was. Um, first, I, I wanted to um, give just a short testimony of, of who I am since Probably most of you don't know, uh, don't know me. Um, and then, then we'll get right into uh, the scripture here. Um, but I was um, raised in Middle Row, Massachusetts. It's about an hour south of Boston. <clears throat> uh, I was in a Christian home. Um, in my high school years, um, I, I hired my heart against God. I ran from Him. Um, still was going to church, but um, just was really rejecting the message at that time. And um, it wasn't until my sophomore year in college where God really got a hold of me and called me back to himself. And um, I guess uh, um, one of the reasons I want to tell you, give you this testimony is um, in college I had uh, this moment of a burning heart and then God awakening me. We, um, we studied together in this student lounge and uh, inevitably the conversation would go around to some of the big questions we were dealing with at the time. Um, the existence of God, where do we come from, evolution, all these things. Um, and I just remember there was two guys in that group that were Christians, and they always had these answers. I was like, wow, I, I agree with these guys, but I, I didn't have the same answers. I, I couldn't verbalize that for myself. Um, but it was, again, my heart was burning with the understanding the truth from um, what these guys were saying. And um, just over time, as I got back into the Word, God awakened me. He opened my eyes to see who Christ was, and He brought me back. Um, after, uh, well, yeah, uh, right after college, um, um, I was on a, a missions trip and um, really felt God call me to ministry. And um, it was in Turkey, and um, He kind of just broke my heart at that time um, to to serve Him. And um, after coming home from school and that, that particular missions trip, uh, I worked as an engineer for seven years and just served in my home church. Now, um, now uh, Katie and I, my wife, are, uh, we moved down to Philadelphia and going to seminary here. Um, so, um, and I was just married this past summer. So, um, that's, that's my testimony, I guess, short testimony here. Um, so, let me just open with prayer and then we can get started. Lord, we just uh, we do thank you for this uh, this evening to be together to fellowship, Lord, um, around Christ, in Christ, Lord, and we do pray for the opening of our eyes, Lord, that you would help us to see, Lord. I, we ask you to open our minds, Lord, that we could understand the Scripture and um, open our hearts, Lord, to receive Christ for ourselves, Lord. Let Him come into our lives, Lord, and change us, transform us, 
And um, Lord, we just ask that you would do this miraculous act in, in us at this time right now. Amen. So, um, again, we're, we're on the seven-mile road. We're at mile six. So we're getting near the end here. Um, and again, it's, we're talking about being awakened, having our eyes opened to Christ. Um, and just as a, as a way of review, maybe some of you haven't been here, um, in Luke 24, 13, that's the, the start of this uh, the road to Emmaus, um, two guys, Ajayos had already mentioned, two guys walking on the road, Christ comes and comes up next to him, um, teaches them about himself, they don't know who he is, um, and then Christ opens their eyes um, as he breaks the bread. Um, it's just a little exercise I did while I was preparing, but um, and I took some liberty here. I wanted to retell this this road to Emmaus, retell the story from Jesus' perspective. Um, I think we can we can kind of uh, just see it from a different angle if we've been hearing this over and over again. Um, and maybe you can think of it as Jesus, Jesus' journal from that day. Um, again, this isn't scripture, um, but this is based on what we know from the scripture. So I'm just going to read. Um, read a portion of Jesus' journal here. And I just want, uh, I wanted to help us gain an understanding of the heart of Christ, why he opened the disciples' eyes, um, and the way he did it, um, and, and just the timing of all of it. So, you, know, you can just listen. You can even follow along in Luke 24. It follows the same outline. It was the day of my resurrection, and I began to reveal myself to those whom I loved and had been my disciples for the last three years. I knew they were very scared and sad, and still did not understand what I had said to them before my death, the things concerning me being raised to life on the third day, and, I, and how I would then call all nations to repentance and to receive forgiveness of their sins. So at first I kept them from recognizing me, but I set out explaining to them that what Moses and all the prophets had said about me, the Savior, and also how the Savior had to suffer death first and then enter his glory. Um, they were understanding what I was saying, and they desired that I stay with them for the night. It was now time for me to reveal who I was. When we reclined at the table together for dinner, I took the bread, blessed it, and broke it, giving some to them. With this act, I opened their eyes to see that I was their Savior and Lord. I just have a few questions here. What, what do we make of this, um, what Christ did here? What is he doing? Um, why did these things unfold the way they did? Why did he seemingly go through this process in which he initially blinds them um, from his true identity? Um, this process, I think, is important for us to understand because it leads to a point, and that point is, is their awakening. So we have a blinding and awakening of these things in between. Um, but again, it perplexes me, um, we see in verse 16, um, why he kept them from recognizing him. Um, why didn't he just kind of tiptoe up behind him and, and yell out, hey, it's me guys, it's Jesus. Um, you know, couldn't it have been just like he had never left? Um, couldn't he just turn around and say, oh yeah, okay, it's you. Um, but I think other scriptures have something to say about this. Um, and what I want, want us to see here is that... Um, the blinding, it's a physical manifestation of a spiritual reality. And I'll, I'll give you some examples, but again, it's a physical manifestation of a spiritual reality. They couldn't see Jesus. Um, 
kind of, and this kind of um, paralleled where they were at spiritually. Um, and the example I, I would use is Paul. Um, we see a similar happened to, similar thing happened to Paul. Um, he's on the road to Damascus in Acts. Um, this is when he was his name was Saul, and um, God blinds him. He reveals himself to him. He's still blind, um, and then he opens his eyes. Paul's eyes are open to see the true Messiah, the true God. Um, so if you could just pause on this image of um, Paul, right, right at the moment he was struck, it says there was this bright light that came around him, um, and he was made blind. Think of the, just the look on his face um, as he's falling to the ground. I'd imagine he, he looked pretty dumb at that time. Um, and in reality, he, he is dumb. He was dumb. Um, right then, in his zeal and pride, he's going to destroy the work of the true God. He didn't really know what he was doing. He thought he was serving God. He thought he was serving the true God. But he wasn't. He was going to destroy the work of God. He was aiding in the death and persecution of Christians. And as respectable, as sincere, as passionate of a man as Paul was, um, he really had no clue what he was doing. Um, so again, the blinding was a, a physical manifestation of a spiritual reality of, um, of Paul's life at that time. So here, God seems to use the same pattern here um, on the road to Emmaus. These men did not know who Jesus really was. Um, they had spent three years with him. Um, they had heard so many things from him, they didn't understand that he was going to die and rise from the dead. Um, so Jesus initially he keeps them from recognizing him while he reveals um, himself. And it says that um, he opened the scriptures to them. Um, even if they were able to see this Jesus whom they had known, um, they weren't seeing the real Jesus. Again, um, it wasn't who he really was. So the question, how does Jesus awaken these men? Um, first, he initially keeps them from recognizing him. And again, this is for a purpose, right? Um, he listens, he walks with them, he even rebukes them. If you look at verse 25 and 26, um, he calls them foolish. And um, I think that's important. Um, in verse 25, he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Um, and then it, from there he goes on to teach them from all the scriptures about himself. And finally, the last thing, the physical sign um, which opens their eyes, he, he breaks the bread in their presence. Um, it was the breaking of the bread that Christ was revealed. It was in this intimate setting which, um, which their eyes were opened. Um, but this pattern of providing proofs for them is found in other post-resurrection post appearances of Christ also. Um, even in the, in the passage after the Emmaus Road, if you look starting in verse 36, um, we see him eating food, verse 43. Um, he has them touch his wounds in verse 39, this physical um, presence there. Christ again reminding them of the whole Old Testament which speaks of him. You see that in verse 44. Um, then he opens their minds, it says. Um, we don't have complete understanding of Jesus' purpose for all this, but we can gather some things from his character. And Part of that goes to what um, Ajay had read earlier. In Matthew 11, um, that speaks of Christ as a gentle and humble person. He says he's humble in heart. He invites people to follow. He says his yoke is light, not a burden. Um, that means that following him is it's not an enslavement to laws, um, but a life 
of change and learning from Christ. He doesn't force anything on people. So this very process um, speaks to Christ's patience, his gentleness, his humility. <clears throat> but each thing here, the, the blinding, uh, each part of this process, the blinding, the listening, the rebuke, the teaching, the visible sign, they're all leading up to this, the awakening. Um, and they all play a part in this awakening, their eyes being opened, um, which we need to understand. And <clears throat> this is the point here. Awakening is a process which leads to a point when miraculously eyes are opened. And Jesus, Jesus is the author of every part of that. Every part of that process, Jesus is in. You just, just read that uh, passage in Luke 24, and Jesus is there in every moment. Um, so again, awakening is a process which leads to a point when miraculously eyes are opened. And Jesus, again, is the author of every part of it. He doesn't appear, flip a switch in their mind and heart, and make them believe in his resurrection. He engages their mind, engages their senses, and he does this in a gentle and loving way. Um, there's been much written about how God stoops down to reveal himself to us, condescends to us, in a way, not in a bad way, but in a good way. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so even just to have words here in the, in the scripture, to have words which we can actually understand God, to catch a glimpse of who he is, um, is that's an amazing thing. I think that's, that's something that we need to, to bring out of this. Um, he, we have an infinite, perfectly holy God, um, and he's, he's revealing himself to us who are finite and sinful people. It's been, been called limited and lousy. We're finite and we're sinful. Um, yet God, who's infinite and perfectly holy, comes down and, in a way, stoops down to us and reveals himself, speaks in ways we can understand. So God's taken the initiative and spoken to us in ways we can understand. That is, that's through Christ, right? Um, this is similar as an illustration to think of just an old, uh, wise grandfather and maybe his, his granddaughter. Um, he can't just go up to this little two-year-old and sit, start and speaking like an adult. Um, he goes to his, his precious granddaughter. He stoops down at her level and uses language she can understand. And this is what God did to us, did, did for us in Christ. Um, and if you, if you can just even imagine the love of this grandfather and what he's doing by stooping down, condescending, and speaking in this language that this two-year-old can understand. Um, is the same with God. Um, in Christ, God has stooped down to communicate who He is and His love for us. Um, but I'm still, I'm still getting to this point of awakening. We, we still need to be awakened by Christ. We can never come to an understanding of who God and Christ are apart from that gracious and miraculous act. Um, our blindness can only be cured when God Himself opens our eyes. Um, our state of being dead um, that can only be changed. We can only be raised to life um, when the one who has already beaten death um, comes and raises us to life. So, um, <clears throat> they see Jesus, then they see Jesus for who he really is. Um, I want to point out the difference between these two things. They see Christ, and then they see Christ for who he really is. There, there really, there's no greater divide in, in how we can understand life, how we can understand reality than um, you know, just seeing Christ in a book and, you know, okay, he said a few good things 
um, and understanding Christ and seeing Christ as the master of the universe, um, as the Lord of everything, the Lord of your life. Um, what happens when we come to know who someone is? Um, our relationship and the way we relate, it, it's totally transformed, right? When we come to know someone for who they are, we relate to them in a totally different way. Um, when I was um, working for an engineering consulting firm, we <clears throat> we went to a, a building we had just completed. It was a co-worker and I. And um, we were meeting up with this other guy who was, um, he was on the client or architectural end of it. Um, I didn't really know who he was. Um, so we, were, we sat down, we were eating lunch together, and um, I just casually asked him, so what do you, what do, you do here? And um, he kind of just paused, he didn't really say anything, and my friend chimes in with a smile, and he's like, uh, this, is, this is Phil, he, uh, he runs this whole place. And I was like, um, okay. <laughs> Felt pretty stupid at that point. But um, the point of that is... Um, that once I knew who it was, once I understood who this man was, that the way I related to him was totally different. I didn't say much after, after I had asked the stupid question about what he did there. Um, so he was not my equal. Um, he wasn't someone I just speak in a casual manner to and ask, you know, what's up or what do you do here. Um, but the the point point of the illustration it's it's not to, um, it's not about how our work relationships are the same as our relationship to God. Uh, I don't think there's any tie there. The, the point of that illustration is um, our relationship to God is changed when we understand who He is. And this is what happened with these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Um, Christ revealed Himself and, um, and the relationship was totally changed once they had an understanding of, of who He actually was. Because when, when Christ came upon them, he did, they didn't really have an idea. They, they, they thought He might be the Messiah. They said He was a prophet. Um, they didn't quite understand what he was saying um, before he had died. Now to, to why. Why does God awaken us? Um, there's just three points I want to make here. Um, why is he going around revealing himself to, to these disciples, to his followers? Um, first one, he was establishing the truth of his resurrection. I think this is a, a key point for us. Jesus was very intentional in these, these few days he had after his resurrection um, where he was revealing himself to different to men and women. Um, he revealed himself in very purposeful ways. Um, Christ had spoken of his death to these disciples. Um, he carries out the deed which he came to do. This is before his death. He, was, he's, he predicted his death. He carried out the, this deed. He died. Um, <clears throat> and then here we see afterwards... He's revealing himself. He's opening their eyes to see him as risen, the risen Lord. Um, he's opening their minds to understand the scripture. After the fact, he gives, he gives them an interpretation of all that just had happened. And, and I'm very thankful to the Lord for doing this. He was very thorough in what he was doing in this, this um, short period he had. Um, I think we should be very thankful that Christ did this. Um, he was establishing a community, wasn't he? Um, and this community in particular was going to write down everything um, that Christ had done and also write down this interpretation of what he had done. They didn't understand what the death, his death meant. Christ came afterwards, revealed himself, revealed who he was, explained what he had done um, so that these men could write down what they had seen, what they had touched, what they had experienced. 
the second point, um, Jesus was on a divine rescue mission, right? Um, who was this for? Um, it was for the Father. First, it was it was for the the Father's glory, for the love of the Father, um, that He was awakening men and women to the truth of who He was. Uh, the third point was uh, He loved these men, right? He was in a close relationship to these men and women who He He um, was revealing Himself to. He loved them. He um, He loved. His love for them is displayed in his death and taking on of their sin. His love is also displayed here afterwards in his opening of their eyes, his, his bringing them to, uh, to an understanding. What if Christ died and rose, but nobody, nobody ever got the memo that um, he had actually risen? That would be quite a shame, I think. And of course, that didn't happen. Christ wouldn't have allowed that to happen. Um, he made sure to reveal himself and open their understanding to his plan of salvation. Because he loves them, he wants them to be with him. A similar question we could ask is, uh, why does God awaken anyone? Let's bring it to, to ourselves, to our day. Why does he bring anyone to faith or save anyone? Uh, we could say the same thing, it's out of love for the Father, out of, he loves us, he wants us to be saved. Also, it could be said it's for his own glory um, that Christ awakens anybody. We were created to worship God as Christ awakens us to see Him for who He truly is, that is, God Himself, Christ is God, and we give Him glory. This isn't, uh, I think we can tend to think this is a very self-serving thing. How could, how could someone do something or God do something to just to bring glory for Himself? This is, I think, a wrong way to think. Uh, we have a perfectly righteous, perfectly holy God, infinite um, an infinite being. He deserves the worship of everything that's, that he's created. Um, and the trees, the oceans, the animals, these things all worship him. Yet, man, uh, because of sin, uh, we, we don't. We don't worship him. Um, we, we, uh, this was the original reality before sin entered, right? That man was in perfect relationship. We were created to worship. Um, Yet, uh, that's what Christ came to, to open our eyes to, that we could, he could restore that relationship, bring glory to himself. Um, man worshipped and glorified God as the most natural part of life. Now we naturally curse God, right? It's not hard to do this. This is a, just our natural bent in, in our day-to-day life. We, um, this is what we see all around us. We go with the flow. This is why, why we need an awakening. Um, what, did, what does Christ awaken us to? Um, when I was a, a young kid in, in our church, uh, Teen Challenge, I don't know if you know uh, Teen Challenge, it was uh, David Wilkerson's ministry, it came out of Times Square Church in New York City. Um, these men from Teen Challenge would come to our church and the men's choir would come and they'd, they'd have all kinds of great music. And uh, One of my favorite songs they would sing was called Jesus is Alive and Well. Um, the power of this song, it wasn't just simply from the lyrics, the, the proclamation of Christ's resurrection, and he was doing well. Um, the power didn't come from, from just the lyrics, it came from the men who were singing this. Um, this was a, a group of former drug, drug addicts, criminals, uh, and they were, they were just yelling out this, this great message, Jesus is alive, Jesus is well. Um, and 
in a, in, in a way they're saying, Jesus has totally changed my life, because you can, you can see the transformation. Um, Satan had a hold on these men, right? He was pushing them down. He was uh, almost drowning them, you can think of. Um, then Satan really trying to just kill them, in essence, just with, with drugs, with alcohol, with uh, anything, with crime, violence. Uh, but this was this was a, a great testimony to God's strength and ability to defeat the work of the devil and change men's hearts. Um, he made them alive to God. So what does Christ awaken us to? He awaken, awakens us to his resurrection and the power of that resurrection. Um, Jesus is alive. He changes men's lives. Uh, Jesus' resurrection, his power to save us, his endurance of God's wrath in our place. His ability to forgive sin. His power to awaken men and women to these truths and transform our lives. Because we're now able to know and understand Jesus and His resurrection. And what that means. It doesn't matter what we're going through. Um, Christ, uh, it does matter what we're going through, but Christ has the power to change our circumstances, right? And to help us through, to give us strength through the worst and toughest of circumstances. So this truth, um, which, we, which we've been awakened to, of his resurrection and the power of that, is, um, is something we need to take from this. Um, finally, how does this fact that God, uh, God has awakened us to see him for who he is, how does that change the community here? How does that change Seven Mile Road? Um, when we speak of reaching out, when we speak of uh, mission, um, we see that Christ is doing the, the work in men, men and women's hearts, right? If we are powerless to change people's hearts, then what is our responsibility? Christ is doing the work. Um, what's our responsibility then? Um, we must be a people of prayer, right? God has ordained that he is going to accomplish his plan on earth, continue his rescue mission through our prayer. Uh, he also related to them in ways they could understand and with, with respect to uh, their state of being. Think of the, these disciples on the road to Emmaus, sad, dejected. Um, in our own outreach, um, we, can, we need to come to people in the same way and be mindful of where they've been, about, about their, their current state, their needs. Um, how about community when we speak of um, fellowship? Um, we see that we have fellowship only because of Christ. Uh, after his resurrection, he would reveal himself often in the setting of a meal where he would break bread. Um, and with this, again, we see the intimacy that Christ was establishing in his, in his community, in his church. Um, when we take communion it's, communion, it's not just a relationship with Christ that we're strengthening. When we come up um, and take the elements, um, we're also strengthening our relationship with each other in that act. Um, so the Lord's table, it brings us all closer together around Christ and that's important for us to to know to understand to let shape to let that shape us um, here at Seven Mile Road and finally uh, when we're awakened to see um, to see Jesus it changes how we worship we can worship him with a true understanding of who he is um, who we are so we, we, we get a better better understanding of who Christ is and also who we are it's not going to be idolatrous worship that we're engaged in um, we can often we can make a God into our own liking, but again, Christ awakened us. He opened our eyes to see who He was, um, that we would worship Him rightly. We worship the true God, the true Christ, 
and we, we could understand who we are, finite people, sinful people. Um, we say God is love sometimes, and we'll stop there. And uh, we think he, God is just a, a teddy bear in the sky, just full of love. That's not quite the full picture, right? It's, um, we need a fuller understanding that that's what Christ did when we, when we uh, awakened this. And because he's revealed his true, true self, we can worship him in truth. He is a risen Lord who has conquered death and Satan. He's a humble and gentle God who reveals himself in ways we can understand. We, we kind of talked about that already. Um, Christ is gentle in the way he approached these men and brought them through this process of, of bringing them to an understanding of who he was and then miraculously opening their eyes. And, um, and at the same time, we have a humble, gentle God, gentle Christ. He is infinite, right? And he is perfect and holy and righteous. And, um, so this is how uh, this changes our worship. And I guess you could just keep these things in mind too as we take communion, um, yeah, as we as we sing, as we praise, uh, praise the Lord that uh, He is He's a risen Lord. That's what we've been awakened to. That He's humble and gentle in the way He communicates that, and um, and also that He's infinite, holy, just, perfect. Um, let me close with word of prayer.